1: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
0: And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's
2: Lindegaard making for his backpedal. Hello and welcome to the Glover's Cast. I'm Ian and on today's episode I'm joined by Mr. Ben Barrett. Hello, how are you? I'm good mate, I'm good. And uh, fresh from his long trip to Maidstone, he just about, you didn't see much of Saturday off a train did you at the end of it? No, I did
4: not. My uh, my Saturday started at seven twenty-six at a bus stop just outside my house, and I walked through my door at eleven fifty-seven last night. So yeah, I I saw a lot of Saturday, but not very much of it was spent at home. No, it was on the road, on the rail, planes, trains, automobiles. Not many planes, but
2: and that of course is David Coates with a hundred percent commitment, the type of co- commitment that. Mark Cooper is really looking for in his Yeovil Town team. So uh, well, and Dave, you'll you'll be first name on the team sheet next week. I would have
4: thought. Absolutely. Well, as soon as I got in, my socks had to come off because that was it. I had, they were worked to the bone. You can work your socks to the bone. Yeah. But yes, indeed, I I did, and and I can confirm I saw Mark Cooper. Although I did have to squint a little bit to see him, a because uh, of the unseasonably. Uh, warm sunshine that was blasting into the uh, away end at uh, at Mayston, but also because he was sat quite a long way away. But we did uh, we did spot him alongside um, Mrs. Starnes and Robbins, I think. And uh, you guys ID'd Richard Dryden, am I right? As uh, an assistant who was sat next to him. Who's Richard Dryden?
2: He's David been his Dryden. assistant everywhere, hasn't he? I think...
3: Yeah, used to play way for Southampton. Go way back to sort of his Tamworth and Kettering days. I think he was assistant there. Right. I joined him in Otts County and was his assistant at Barrow as well.
2: So there was a, a good picture on the front of the non league paper of them two sort of papped in like a, in a ring on the front page. Like we were front page news on the non league paper this weekend, which is nice. Yeah. So that's it.
4: Mark Cooper, box office. We We, we didn't know this last time we spoke, did we? We didn't. Well, we we we, 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 we just about we just about knew yeah it was it was kind of uh, uh, expected to be announced but then I think it was midday Friday the news that we were all expecting came um so go on what 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 are your guys uh, views on Mark Cooper
2: I think it's a I think it's a good appointment I think it's the type of appointment that you look back and think why didn't we do that in the summer um. Obviously, he said he was six months out of work, um, needed to get back into something. And I thought it was interesting that he said he was doing some soul searching, whether it was the right decision and stuff. Suggested he really had to think about think about it. But I thought he uh, feels like a good decision. There's a bit of baggage, isn't there, that we're not really allowed to talk about by the same- don't mention it there
4: was there was there was, pl- there was plenty of people talking about it on Saturday let's put it that way so um, I, had a, I had a somewhat heated conversation with uh, one of the uh, one of my fellow supporters on the walk into the ground hi Jake um, as we were we, we were discussing uh, Mark Cooper the football manager and Mark Cooper the human being um, and I and I said to him that I don't think I think I can probably honestly put my my hand on my heart and say I don't think I would go for a drink with any Oval Town manager or socialize with any Oval Town manager that I can ever remember. Um, possible exception of Colin Addison, who I always thought Colin Addison was a really nice guy. Um, but there, there, there's always been an edge to every successful manager that we've had. You look at Gary Johnson. He had an edge to him. Look at Russell Slade. He had an edge to him. Graham Roberts definitely had an edge to him. Uh, Darren Soule had an edge to him. Mark Cooper has got an edge to him. You know, the one person other than Colin Addison, who I've just remembered that I definitely would have gone to for a drink with Chris Hargreaves. <laughs> and, you know, arguably two of the worst managers in my time watching over Colin Addison and Chris Hargreeze. So maybe Colin Addison was, yeah, is a bit arse um, yeah, and Colin <laughs> Addison, but <laughs> Uh, this this was the conversation I was having. Would I want to go for a drink with a, a drink with the guy? Probably not. Um, but he probably doesn't want to go for a drink with me either. But would I have him as my football uh, club manager? Do I think that he'll probably get us a more more points and more wins on the board than Chris Argies? Yeah, I do. So there we go. I'm quite happy that he's our manager. But um, yeah,
2: and I think it's I'm, I think it's important that like in no way are we condoning what has been said or anything like that obviously if he's you know he's been found guilty for saying that he's been punished within the rules of the game obviously you know for probably for quite obvious reasons they don't want to talk about it or don't want to bring it up because why would you um it's not hard to find if you google him it's there at the top but you know i think he's serving a the punishment them them's the rules <laughs> like, in the heat of the moment, people especially in football, people seem to say quite ridiculous things um anyway it, it, you know it's a difficult com- difficult conversation to have, isn't it I'm sure he's not I'm sure he's not particularly proud of himself for having no. said it and this reputation following him but you know it is what it is what can we change about it and do about it? I think it's you know we've got a manager now who's won
4: promotion out of the national league as. Managed in the EFL. Um got, got swindled into the League One playoff final. Yeah. You can't can't argue with some of the successes on his C V. And 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 I do think the situation we're in at the moment, he's what we need. And then I will we'll come on to what we saw on Saturday, but I think he's
3: probably what we need. What do you reckon, Ben?
4: I really don't know.
3: I, I, he is he is what the football team needs. Without question. This 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 side issue. I just it won't go away in my head. And I don't know why it won't go away in my head. Because as we've chatted about privately, there aren't many saints in the football world and everyone's probably got something in the closet that they don't want to come out. But it was something I don't know. I I've I spent far too much of what day was it? Friday, maybe Thursday, reading the actual report from the FA. Available on the website. That was a fun half an hour of life. life. Um, and it was just, I don't know, it just didn't feel right because obviously this hearing takes place, excuse me, after the event. And it transpires that he said something. He said to the female official, she needs to realise this is a man's game. And then after the event, he says, he sort of almost goes, he, he denies that what he said was sexist. And I'm like, well, don't double down on it, mate. <laughs> You're making it worse for yourself here. So I, you are right. There are heat of, heat of the moment things that people say that shouldn't be said, but I still don't, I don't know. I just can't get it out of my head and I don't like the fact that it hasn't been referenced. I would have, I would have, liked, I would have liked him to have been appointed and then on Saturday morning, a statement, a message, something that comes out that says Mark Cooper won't be in the won't be in the dugout. He's got two matches to serve because of this overhanging incident from Barrow. We've spoke to him as part of the recruitment process about the incident, and are confident that that is behind him. We've uh, he and Yeovil instead have the same values. Blah 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 blah. We are committed to being an official partner of her to whatever whatever it needs to be. There will be no further comment on this. Bosh, done. Get on with it. I didn't, I don't like the fact that it's been clouded and we shouldn't really mention it. And he's in the stands because he wants to have a look. No, like, be upfront about it. This is the, that, that's the bit I don't really like. I don't like the fact that my manager, my football team's manager said that. And I can understand why people would be very unhappy about that. From a 100% purely footballing point of view, I think he's exactly what the football team needs. He needs a bit of a, He's a bit of a kick up the backside merchant who will, will get in amongst players and, and really improve them and make simple changes and keep things as basic as they can be until he can improve his own group. Long term, I'm not keen on being a, a, a revolving door football club of having loads of players come in and come, come in and go. I'd rather us have a core group that we develop for a long period of time, but we're in the National League that ain't gonna happen so that's my own sort of ideologies that that I have to deal with rather than the way that any one person deals with a football club um just from, to give a little
4: bit of balance because we've all given a very similar opinion on this one there but uh, there, there were lots of people who I spoke to who said uh, exactly what what Ian mentioned there he served his bad mm. it's the same as anyone else that's it forget about it it's the past it's history he, he, he's someone who can win us football matches. He's a football manager. Guess what? That's what I want him to do. And that, that, that's if that I, I said to the person who I disagreed with um, when we were when we were walking in, I said, "That's fine. No, you don't have to agree with me um, a, a, about everything. if That's the way you want to feel about it. That's fine. We can all have differences of opinions, don't we? So if anyone listening to this is of that opinion, that's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, come on, come on the podcast and tell us uh, tell us all about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly
3: yeah I, I'm I'm just a little bit myth that we haven't mentioned it that we haven't kind of you know you know like when we signed Mitch Rose and everyone went that ain't right this has got a little twinge it's different it's, it's very different it's a very different thing that's gone on but just don't like you can you can meet it up front and do something about it and I'm not a massive fan of that from a footballing point of view I think he's I think he is exactly the right appointment I really do
2: yeah I think all it you know all it needed is this happened Sorry yep. for it. Yeah. Wearing up and again. Yeah. Exactly. Up the gloves.
4: Up the gloves. Well, I can say, as far as uh, having seen a, a, a game under his stewardship, although obviously he uh, he obviously had the involvement, but uh, having been up, well, we, we, we understand he was at the ground on Thursday meeting with people. So he would have been there then. He would have taken in his um, Friday. I think came up Friday lunchtime. Didn't he, he Said he talked about training there so that there, there, there would have been an opportunity for him to get something across, I would think. Um, and certainly for the first half at Maidstone, you 100% saw what it was he got across. Um, uh, now, whether it's, I think I said in my conclusions, whether it was the, I don't know what the right word is, embarrassment, shame, um, uh, what's the word, hold their hands up to the fact that um, these players played a part in uh, Chris Hargree's losing his job. They are not everything to do with Chris Hargree's losing his job, but they they certainly played a part in it. Um, Whether that sprung them into action, stung them into action, or whether it was something they were said, or probably a combination of all three. But this was, that first half at Maysden was, I, I said after the Oldham game, that was the most, the, the, worst performance i'd seen or one of the worst performances i've seen in in 30 years and this was a very different looking aside And, and and not necessarily because of the the any like massive changes in quality that i saw there um but just a general commitment and a general um confidence and he and mark cooper spoke about simplifying things and you kind of got that in got that impression that that's what they told him to do. He literally said to him, Look, you're good at doing this, go and do that. Um and <laughs> why not? I mean we had we we had players playing out of position where Ben Richards I, I think I said in the conclusions I'm as much of a left back as Ben Richards ever is. And uh, <laughs> our best off left back in the changing rooms. But uh, the um yeah but but there were players who looked like different players and none more so than uh Mr. Alex Fisher, who for the entire game for me was um was superb. Now a, a number of people said to me on-, on Saturday that he got unwanted abuse in the older shot game. Or I'm un- not unwanted un obviously don't no one wants abuse today. Unnecessary abuse in the older shot game. Did you <laughs> notice that yeah it?
2: yeah he did yeah yeah, it was- yeah booze i think he took a sh- took a shot and was booed after it went wide and then i mean when he went off people applauded mm-hmm. like like cheered that he'd been substituted oh, and okay. was singing fisher is a oh you know, okay yeah stuff like that which you know totally ridiculous and uncalled for but i think what the manager said you know he told him to stay in between the six yard box stay in between the post was that like noticeable,
4: yeah. Uh, I mean, he was a lot more direct. I mean, uh, what, uh, it, it, that that's that saying to him, don't go wide, don't drop, uh, don't don't drop back. Now there, there were a few occasions when, admittedly, when we we were um, we were breaking forward, where he did find himself in a more of a in the middle of the pitch position, and there were play there were players bombing past him because he, he's not the quickest. is he, Alex, but um, one thing I say about him is. There were four or five occasions, certainly in the first half and to a degree in the second half, where you could see his quality of playing people in. There were a couple of occasions where he made a pass that you just thought, oh, yeah, no, that is, yeah, that that's what we need to see more of. Um, so, yeah, he 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 definitely was one of those who was told, this is what you're good at, go and do that. And, um, yeah, uh, after 15 minutes, was it, something like that, about? quarter of an hour in 13. yeah 13 wasn't it? 13 minutes um yeah it, uh, he he did exactly what it is we wanted to do which was to score a goal and it was a it was a very good goal now I have to give a an honorable mention to Owen Bevan who I at the time didn't uh appreciate the quality of the ball forward that he played but from inside of his own half he looked up and he saw he saw Alex Fisher there, and I imagine he saw the Maidstone goalkeeper quite considerably off his line as well. Um, Alex Fisher undoubtedly saw that uh, same keeper off his line because, uh, yeah, Owen Bevan played a beautiful weighted ball forward, and Alex Fisher let like a salmon oh, and a salmon. Uh, yeah a salmon and. Fish. Exactly, yeah. yeah. You see what I did? You see what I did yeah, there, yeah. yeah? Um yeah, and put it past um put it put put it over the keeper. Now the uh, if you want to um uh know a, a, a fan base who uh, are turning on their own supporters, look no further than oh no, a fan base that are turning on their own players, look no further than the United, because the United, I can't remember the name of the goalkeeper off the top of my head, but uh, he'd signed on loan from Millwall. Um uh Stanford. Stanford, yeah, yeah. Signed a loan from Millwall the day before. After that, he was being told to f off back to Millwall by a good, uh, (laughs) a good section of Maidstone supporters. So uh, I bet.
2: Did he he keep booting the ball out of play?
4: He did do that a couple of times. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, I I noticed that on commentary that they said he kept kicking it out of play and stuff.
3: (laughs) Yeah,
4: yeah, but he um, didn't have
3: his name on the back of his shirt either. They were clearly
4: unprepared for his arrival. He just had number thirty-one. Number 31, yeah. We were saying he's probably a 31st best goalkeeper in Maidstone. He was yeah, he had a he had a bit of a bad day, to be fair to him.
3: But uh, you know, I'm sure his his mom loves him. I'm sure he's, he's been there before and they liked him last year. They loved him last right. year. Didn't really right. like him. um I think I've I've watched the goal back a few times. I think it's genuinely brilliant. Like I think it's a really clever goal. I kind of mentioned it in our group chat earlier. I'm I'm the actual finish is brilliant but just the movement pre that that that's a confidence thing. And that wasn't, that hasn't been there. That simply has not been there. That didn't look like happening in any of the games I've seen recently for him to come back from a, I guess, an off on offside position, but from behind a central defender, he sees Bevan with the ball and he just takes a couple of steps, two or three steps to his left-hand side and just tags on the fullback. Then Bevan pings his ball in. And the difference is, because Fisher's running onto the ball he can get the power he needs so to head a ball in from 18 yards is not easy you got to get something on it so he makes the move away from the defender gives himself a little run up basically the defender who's with him is 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 coming from a standing start and doesn't have a chance of getting there keeper's out of his out of position he shouldn't be on the 6 yard line from there he has no need to be on the 6 yard line from there it's great awareness from Bevan and just a brilliant piece of all-round attacking play from Fisher to drop off, to make himself a bit of space, to give himself a run-up. Yeah, he has to, uh, only one place he can really go, and that's over the top. So to get all those bits right in one sort of instinct, that's not fluke. You've got to have worked on that and felt mm-hmm. like you can do that. So genuinely, I, I think that's a, a, a brilliant, brilliant goal that we've seen, we've yeah. seen in that one.
4: And, and and like I say, it wasn't the only opportunity mm. we had. And there was one that strangely didn't make it onto the... Uh, I've only seen the Maidstone highlights. I don't know if our highlights are out yet. But um, towards the end of the first half, there was a moment where Alex Fisher played a beautiful ball through to Matt Worthington, um, who was running through on the, um, on the keeper. And he kind of didn't do one thing or the other. He didn't just smash it, which could easily have done it. And he didn't try to... Dink around the keeper, and um, as as a result, he just basically gave it back to the keeper, which is maybe why Mason didn't uh, put it through. But that that was another really good opportunity. We did have another ball, we, we had the ball in the goal as well. Um, I think Richie's Everton uh, yeah. turned one in from a from a corner, which was which was offside, like. I um I said in my match report, uh, my corn ears were um, smouldering in my eyeballs at that point because of the sunshine. Um, so I didn't, um, yeah, I didn't. I did. I I couldn't tell you whether it was offside or not. And obviously from behind the goal, you're not know, in the best angle to judge an offside position. Mark Cooper or Stuart Robbins or Martin Stans or Richard Dryden or any of those other people were probably well placed to tell me whether it was offside or not. But yeah,
2: it looked offside. I think from the highlights, they yeah. certainly. Showed it. Paused, didn't they, with where Ben Richards
3: Everton was? But yeah, fancy highlights, weren't they?
4: Yeah, they fancy were good highlights. Yeah.
3: Fancy highlights. They even paused the one where the board didn't go out of play, but was the throw-in was given.
4: Mm.
1: Thought
2: that was fancy. <laughs> yeah, look how in play. Well, yeah, and then though the guy gets booked after it as well, doesn't he? Because he has a go, and it's like this entire situation that's a totally it's... unwarranted booking. Because don't talk about the ref, because. On into, like, we're going I don't talk think... about
3: the ref in a minute, or 2 Well, we need to, don't we? We need um, to. I, I was having a look because the um, non-league paper said we had seven shots on target. And in the previous four games combined, Taunton, Taunton, Aldershot and Oldham, we had a combined total of six shots on target. So to have more than that in one game, something somewhere has had a bit of an effect, hasn't it? Absolutely, so yeah. look, we're about to talk about what happened in the 90 stupid minutes. And on, um, before
2: we do that, on on that like on those stats, were we noticeably more sort of route one, more direct, or were we, you know, how were we playing with the ball? Because I noticed when we, you know, when the games I've watched with us this season, the defense have passed it around sideways for a bit, then we've gone back, then we've gone sideways. Was it just a case of being a little bit more direct than before, or were we keeping it on the floor? What was?
4: More direct and getting balls out wide and getting them in as well. Um, yeah. You and Clark, who I didn't see at Oldham because um, he wasn't there, um, but yeah, get the ball to that lad, let him run at people, um, and 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 he can get good uh, quality in from from wide positions as well. And I think that was it. It was again, it was simple: get the ball out wide, get it in, fishes in there, get the ball into to Linton, see what he can do. Um, yeah, it's it was, was it, it was more direct.
2: Was he on the left or was he on the right? Who? Clark.
4: Uh, left.
2: Okay. Because yeah. he was on the right against older shot.
4: Yeah. And it was, I, know, I, I was trying to think which, which side he was on. And then I remembered <laughs> where the dugouts were, which was on the left-hand side where he gave one of their uh, one of their players a little shove in the back and I know the two of you think that there wasn't much in it but there were two hands on that man's back and there was definitely <laughs> a bit of motion put behind it now I don't know about um a 19 year old kid from Bristol City but I'm I'm thinking that on Tuesday night if that opportunity arose him I don't think he would have done that um and I wonder whether that's a little bit of the um pupalsary returning uh, to, to, to us. Because there were a few moments like that where, um, yeah, it was uh, like summoning the spirit of Tom Knowles a little bit. But
2: It's funny how Dave could see that, but he couldn't see the offside that was right in front of him.
4: Well, I'm in a terrible position to see an offside from there. I'm right behind the goal. Yeah, I know the, the, the two you two of you can watch something from a camera angle that's on the halfway line and say, oh, yeah, it was definitely offside.
3: <laughs> for what it's worth, anyway, the Clark is about eight stone, eight stone, ten piss wet through. Yeah, he, if the, the, <laughs> the guy is completely making the most of it, he's looking for the chair. He thinks the chair is just there for like added, added joie de vivre on the whole situation, trying to get his man sent off. Ridiculous. It's not even a foul, Jeff. Not even a foul. Anyway, the, the point I was going to make was that on Tuesday,
2: he was on the right hand side, yeah. and who was on the left? Um, Olivier-Ulbert. Ulbert. And it felt a bit Darren Way-ish in that instead of being able to get crosses in the box, a lot like Otis Khan and Ryan Hedges always had to do, had to come back on their comfortable foot, allow the defence to reset, and then it was easier to clear. Whereas if you've got them actually on the side where they're going to get in and cross first time rather than have to... Mess about with it and come back inside and all of that. I mean, it that sounds that sounds good. And there was no sign of a back three in a box in midfield, was there? Not as of yet. Not that
4: I could tell. Did it no.
2: <laughs> didn't
4: know. Didn't, didn't know it's a box in midfield at all. No.
2: No. Well, should we talk about the stoppage time decision?
4: Well, the entire. And should, we, should we
2: break arc... rule one totally for this?
4: Yeah, well, should we talk about the second half to start with? Because there was uh, 45 minutes before um, the <laughs> moment that we're going to talk about, and the 45 minutes before we were talking about was, I said, the first half was was different, felt a lot different. Second half felt a bit older me, um, felt a bit like we're getting deeper, we're getting deeper, we're getting deeper, and they their confidence was was as shattered as ours was i think at the at the beginning and us going at them like we did in the first half was exactly what we needed and exactly what they didn't need now they must have had a bit of a something put up on at uh, um, half time because they came out with a bit more spring in their step as you'd imagine but we just invited the pressure on them just dropping deeper and deeper which is um you know has been a a problem to us a lot this season hasn't it and it certainly was again um Yes,
3: certainly was again uh, on yeah. at base. They had loads of corners in the second half. Were yeah. they right in front of you? Yeah, yeah. I was surprised. They, they, I've got listed here nine second half corners. That's a lot. Yeah, yeah. There felt like a lot of,
4: uh, lot of defense, you know, a few scrambly moments for sure. Um, Do you think
2: not having Staunton in the defence? Made a difference with that because obviously it was you know Hunt and Bevan. I don't think they're the most vocal of centre backs in terms of you know.
4: Grant Smith was certainly very vocal. (laughs) Yeah, but even with my ears, I certainly heard him.
2: Yeah. I wonder whether you need that defender in the in there who's going to shout at everyone to run up with him and get out rather than fall back and fall back and fall back and with Staunton in front rather than in there. I don't know. Maybe there's you know maybe that's one of the places where. They'll look at, you know, what did we talk about the other day? A Darren Ward-esque type of defender in there. Um, I
3: noticed that Torquay signed Mark Ellis, who from Barrow was signed by Mark Cooper for Barrow. And I half wondered if basically Torquay have just trumped us to one there. Mark Ellis is one of those players that's got hundreds and hundreds of appearances and Barrow didn't want him. And he was coming down this way, and I half wondered whether or not we would be, we would be into in for in for him, but maybe it didn't. Uh, the timing wasn't quite right. Did he play for them on Saturday? I have no idea. They lost four uh, nil, yes. didn't they, to Notts County? Yeah, they signed three new players on the day, Oof. on the morning they announced just a triple header of signings. Um, but yeah, yeah, Mark Ellis was one of them, and I I, I wondered if he was. Um, if he was one of those that, that we might have been, in. he did start. He did play for them. Yeah, he hasn't kicked a ball for. Excuse me for Barrow. Another that they signed, by looks it like, is Sean Donovan. He's
4: one of ours, isn't he? Once upon a time, he was. Yeah. There you go.
0: They've had him for a while, haven't they?
4: No, I thought I thought he was at Maidenhead, wasn't he, Sean Donovan? Uh, no idea. No idea.
0: This
2: is not a Sean Donovan podcast. we <laughs>
4: Well, okay, um, but yes, let's talk about the, the 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 rule one breaker, shall we? Oh, you're right. He has been there a little while, Ben. You're right. Yeah,
2: yeah. Okay. They've just thrown his phone in there. Like... <laughs> you're right.
0: Yeah.
2: Okay.
3: <laughs> Awful, wasn't it? So, yeah. Do we think it was a penalty? No. 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 Not in a month of Sundays.
4: <laughs> Though I have to say, there wasn't. Oh, no, you don't have to say. No, there wasn't a lot of, for God's sake, referee, that's never a penalty. Even from the players, uh, there there was some, Aubert, who was the one who um, uh, gave the penalty away.
2: Was fallen into.
4: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Now, all I would say is that from the angle I was at behind the goal, it did look like Aubert's foot went onto the foot of... Alibi, I think it was who, who went down. It but, wasn't, it wasn't. There's a comment on our match reports. Saying, it wasn't Alibi. It was
2: Rory Deacon.
4: Oh, was it? Oh, okay. All right. I, I saw the number was Alibi, but there we go. Anyway, Rory Deacon.
2: That's what someone's uh, commented anyway. I think okay. it was a, a, a Maidstone supporter, actually.
4: Really. Oh, right, okay. All right. Rory Deacon then. Um, so whoever it was, uh he um yeah, I thought I thought his foot might have been on him, but he was on his way down before Albert got his foot on him or, or, or anything um, near him. So, yeah, and he was <laughs> looking at the referee as he fell down as well. So, um, no, it wasn't a penalty by any stretch of the imagination. And um, that was proven to me by the fact that uh, two separate individual Mason fans came up to me at the end of it and said, that was never a penalty, was it? One of them, as we were walking back to the station, and one of them on the train said, "Go, we got everyone there. Never a penalty, was it? It's just what you want to hear,
0: isn't it?" It's it's it
3: genuinely infuriating. It's so infuriating. It's never a pen. Holbert clearly kicks the ball. He touches the ball. The ball heads in the direction that, that Holbear was trying to kick the ball into. The other guy is falling. He's looking at the ref as he's falling. If Holbert doesn't move, the guy just falls over and looks like a complete prat. I it just I just it just makes no sense. Makes absolutely no sense to me whatsoever. It's never a penalty. It's horrendous decision by a referee that's got, I mean, you've only got to look at his numbers on soccer base, more cards than Clinton's and all the rest of it. He sends people off for fun. He's clearly not up to standard, hasn't been, he's only got a few games this season. Um, nothing will come of it. Referee will will just it'll all get swept under the carpet. But that's 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 season-defining type decisions in the 96th minute that you have to make sure you get right. And he's got that one horribly, 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 horribly wrong. I'll say this, it's a heck of a penno. Yeah, it was. He, hits, he hits the side netting. You hit the side netting, you're you're not going to get many saved. So, heck of a penno. But he should never have had the option to even take the thing. Awful decision. Horrendous. Rule, so one, out, of us. rule, rule one out the window. Rule one is shattered before us. <clears throat>
2: I <laughs> wonder what Lawson Death would have
4: done to him. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Punched him. Yeah.
2: It was bad. I think when you like the wider context of this team as well, like what a win would have done for that, you know, the confidence of them all. I mean, probably part of the reason they didn't go crazy at the referee was because there's sort of, you know, yeah. they've been in this situation so many times, conceded a late goal. It was like a begrudging acceptance that this was going to happen type yeah. thing. And
4: um, that's what it
3: was with the, with the supporters as well. So many people just went, oh, Beth, this is us, isn't it? This is arson. Yeah. It? Pit the price for not getting that
2: second goal. Well, and that's Which, what Fisher said after, wasn't it? Fisher yeah. said it, you know, when you, you're always vulnerable when you've only scored one. And, you know, just a referee has to make a wrong decision. And
3: there you go. You're going in with one point rather than a three. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that is the, that's the, uh, the point of Rule One, isn't it? Is the fact that all referees are rubbish. So you can't moan about it and you have to make it about you rather than that. And actually, we should probably say, look, we've got to make sure we're getting that second goal. We've, we have we no point in the season if we've gone 2-0 up, not one. So that's the next step, isn't it? Go 2-0 up. And if the ref makes a stinker, because that's what they do at this level, you're at least covered a bit. Yeah.
4: Yeah. But comparison with walking away from Oldham and walking away from Maidstone um, I felt a whole lot better uh, about it um, even even though oh I see one we had one point and we had no points. Um, although it was sickening to lose it um, lose two points in that way, I thought to myself, okay, there is something about this team to, you know give let, let let's give the credit to the manager um, and say it's uh, you know something that, that that he's done. Give the credit to the players. I think we were um, quite quick to, uh, or not quick, but we, we criticised players and we criticised the manager when things haven't gone wrong. Those bits that went right on Saturday, I think we've got to give credit to the manager and got have got to the credit to the players. But
3: they need to do more of it. Can I, can I also give credit to Chris Todd and the other members of the coaching staff? Because that couldn't have been an easy position to be in. People that, you know, see your mate that get sacked. I'm not sure. I, I assume, was the goalie coach there, Phil? Was was Chris there, Chris Todd, Mark, Marcus there?
4: I didn't notice Marcus Stewart there. He mm. no. doesn't Robert's tend job.
3: to be there on Saturdays. Mm. Fine. So whoever it was, whether it was the goalie coach, whether it was Chris Todd, whether it was Scott Wickens and the other guy, sort of behind the scenes, that couldn't have been an easy position to be in. It's probably not been a particularly fun week when your mate gets, gets the boot and someone else comes in. There's a little bit of unknown about it all. And to go out there and to lead a side, I think Chris Todd deserves a... Deserves a, a, a moment of a mention there, at least. Amen. Well
4: mentioned. Amen, Reverend Barrett. <laughs> hmm?
2: Praise, brother. Hmm? Um, right, we've got El Salico. Hey. Oh dear. Mm. <laughs> on yeah. on Tuesday, fifth in the table. Again, they win at the week. It, they they won at the weekend, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, Eastley, I think they beat. Be nice to go and put house to a 1 0 there, wouldn't it? Mm. Third yeah. in the form table. But it feels like it might be a tough ask.
0: Mm.
2: No, I reckon you might be right.
4: So, at the risk of sounding like Chris Hargreaves, <laughs> the last times <laughs> that I have thought, oh, we are in for one ear were Wrexham at home, Chesterfield at home, Solihull at home. All of those I thought to myself, Ooh, we are going to get uh, uh, a in here. And they're all at home pardon well what what are we gonna get a whooping a whooping a whooping yeah <laughs> a whooping yeah um <laughs> so um yeah but so hopefully all of those things work the same way and it's not uh, it's not that thing and we do put a good account in for ourselves
2: do you think it yeah? Will... yeah yeah definitely yeah 100%. yeah, yeah, yeah. 100 i'll see you there yeah um, do you think we'll get a do you th- He talked about both before the game and after the game. He talked about wanting to get a couple in to freshen the group, and then I think afterwards, what was it? He said, um, more competition for places, a little bit more legs and athleticism. Do you, I mean, it would be great to have a couple in. Obviously, Chris Hargreaves was talking about getting a couple in for, well, felt like forever. I It felt like all of October, all of October, he was. You know, not far off getting a couple in and it sort of never happened, but um I think we could do with a couple fresheners before Tuesday because yeah, we're on a bit of a run here, aren't we? Of Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. It'll be nice to have this Saturday off. Obviously, it would yeah. also have been nice
3: to be in the FA Cup first round. Yeah. Um Yeah. It'll feel like we've got a few new faces. Bear in mind, we've still got to get Wakefield into this team, Diap into this team. Jamie Record comes back in, and I think he's an absolute shoe in to go in a left-back. And then one of Hunt and Bevan will probably sit out with Richards Everton being, probably getting the licence to be the loud-mouthed one at centre-back that, that you mentioned earlier, Dave. I think that'll probably end up being Ben Richards Everton's role in the middle of the two. His partner may change between Hunt, Bevan, and maybe Staunton. Um <laughs> But yeah, and um,
2: Dave, do you I, not agree that Ben Richards Everton will be the the mouthy one at the back? I don't
4: think so. No, not based on not based on on. There, there seems to be a bit of complaining at his own teammates, as opposed to I, I, I see I see Josh Daunton whipping his teammates up. Um, I not see not whooping, not whooping. No, I say I, I I see him. Motivating in a um slightly aggressive manner um, <laughs> whereas just complaining about well why did you do that is more what I see from Ben Richards everton um and maybe they're both the same thing I don't know but um yeah <laughs> I think uh, I think you're right about um record and when I've seen record play he've uh, I've seen bits of him talking to people. He's not, I don't think he's a ranter and a raver. Is he Jamie record, but you do see him talking to people. and a whipper. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm n- yet to be convinced about Ben Richards Everton. Let's, let, let's put it that way, but it would be lovely to think you mentioned Mark Ellis there. It would be lovely to think that Mark Cooper has some experienced campaigners who've uh, got be, been been around the block a bit and can come and, and do a bit of uh
2: he might might have that nasty DM so Josh Staunton can go to centre-back lined up as well you know and then you know you've got that leadership in the middle but yeah it would be good to have a bit of bit of something in before before Darren Sahl tries to teach us a lesson early red for them early red for them and then uh, Wilco it's going to Wilco a walk yeah I reckon yeah Mm. yeah and I think Clark will turn down Moss inside out yeah
4: I mean to be fair, yeah, but I was impressed by you and Clark. I thought he yeah, I thought it looked looked like uh, like he's got something about him.
2: Cool. Cool. Anything are, else for Woking?
3: They are missing one of their key players. Um, mm. I forget what his name is. James Daly. James Daly, a fifth yellow card at the weekend will be suspended. Which is good. I think he's it. quite good at football. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean we're going to have to be bang up for it because I think they will be bang up for it because Darren and Sal won't let them be anything other than bang up for it, you know? So, you know, we're going to have to be bang up for it and it's going to be a, a fight. I think it's going to be. I not- wonder
4: if it means more for us than it does for them because a Darren Sal, maybe Wilco, yeah. maybe Dan Moss. I don't, I don't think Dan Moss particularly um, has too much uh, Anim- animosity. I, I, I can't imagine any of those three p- could particularly have a reason to have animosity against us. But um, yeah, I think I think there might be a few jovial players who would want to show Darren Sall. Uh, you know, you shouldn't have, you shouldn't have gone, mate. Rather than the other way around,
2: or they should have taken me with him. <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, yeah, maybe, you maybe promised that. me you were going to sign me.
4: <laughs> yeah. So, yes, bring on El Salico.
2: Wicked. Ben, do you want to plug something before we go to GCQs? Is now
3: now the time? Now is the plug. So, Glover's Cast fans, fans. um, Throughout the month of November, the Glover's Cast has teamed up with our good friends at the Terrace Merchandising. We've got a friend. And they have said, hey, do you want to give away a couple of mystery boxes? You overtime mystery boxes. And we said, hey. Yeah, we do. So on the website, we're going to put out a form to fill in. You can enter. You can go to the Terrace website if you want. Go to our website. Do what you like. But you can enter. And we're going to give away two YTFC mystery boxes from the Terrace on the 1st of December. So you've got the whole month to enter. And yeah, we thought we would... Spread a little bit of Christmas Jay. You'll see some social posts about it. Um, we recorded, I recorded a little jingle earlier. Ian's going to do some magic on that. Put a form on the website from Tuesday morning for the entire month of November. We'll get you entered, and then yeah, hopefully we'll get you uh, some presents under your Christmas tree come December. is that. that nice lads. They're nice, uh, lovely Santa Isn't that nice? Barrett. No, nice. We
2: we can Isn't send nice? them straight to the north. Send them straight to the North Pole as well, so they yeah. actually get delivered
3: on Christmas. Exactly. Yep, we will have a word with the elves yeah. and make sure it happens. So, yeah, that's cool. You'll see some stuff about that. We'll mention it throughout the podcast a few times. So thanks to the dudes at the Terrace as well. Cheers, Carl, you ledge.
2: You're listening to the Cast.
3: Right, time for some questions. But before we do that,
2: I want a couple of things. One thing on Christmas, on Christmassy mm-hmm. stuff. Yep. Uh, uh, so I've got loads of Power Ranger toys. That Freddie plays with, nice. and he said to me that he wants some other Power Ranger toys, and I'm like, they don't make them anymore because they were made in like 1993. You you can't get them, and Freddie's like, Santa can get the elves to make them, <laughs> and I'm <laughs> I'm like, shit. How do I argue with this? Like what? Oh. They must my Power Rangers? So I yeah, but not the classic 90s ones that he wants eBay? Can, yeah, Facebook Marketplace there, mate. I'm not sure about that. So what I did say is that the elves can't get the parts to make them because they're so old. Um, do you think that's okay? No. No? Okay. Um, and the <laughs> it's other too thing, late now, I've said it. <laughs> the other thing is uh, he sings Charlie Wakefield is the place on Earth. Yeah. Now is when he sing, when that song that sits that song seems to keep coming on on shuffle for some reason, right. um, and yeah, he's not he's not the best on earth. He's a Charlie Wakefield, the place on earth. Which
4: maybe is he good. is. Anyway. I mean Wakefield is right. a place on earth, isn't it?
2: Yeah. <laughs> it is.
4: That's true. Yeah. Adam,
2: yeah. Adam Lockwood is the sporting director.
4: <laughs> he is. Wakefield, yeah.
2: isn't he? Yeah. Wakefield. Get back and listen uh, to that. Um, Glover's past. Yeah. Good plug. Good plug. Questions. Questions. Okay, Debs Curtis first. Um, you saw Debs, didn't you, at the weekend, Dave?
4: I did. I did. I had a chat. I had a chat with her. I um, yeah. I I saw a little lad as well there. So I didn't say any bad words about him. He did have his his Alex Fisher um shirt on. I had to um ask him to uh, to step out of the way as I um. Uh, I, I went down to see some stewards to hand back a pound coin that was given to us by the um, by the Maidstone fans. So uh, I was, uh, yeah, I, they, they've obviously got more money than we have, I tell you, because they were, <laughs> yeah, they were literally uh, chucking at us. So yeah, no, no penny pieces there.
2: Can someone get this to Scott, please? Yes,
4: exactly. <laughs> Put it in a little paper envelope. Yeah.
2: Tape it to a car. Yeah. <laughs> in the but um, yes, okay. I did Question see uh, Jeb said. That's not the question. Um, Question from Debs. Do you think there will ever be a female football manager in the football pyramid? I can't see any above grassroots level. You may know otherwise. We all know what a great job Sarah Wiegmann has Serena. done. Serena. Is it Sarah? Serena. Serena. I'm so sorry, about that. Serena, Sarah. Serena Wiegmann
3: has done with the England women's team. I think it'd be great. Yeah.
2: I think it'd be so good.
3: Not at our level, because... I think the ones that are sort of in the in the conversation are already far too good. Emma Hayes wouldn't manage at our level, for example. She would go way higher already.
4: She's a Chelsea women's manager, isn't she? Chelsea.
3: Yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I've, uh, yeah. 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 Heard her speak on um I can't remember. She was here d- done some punditry, isn't mm. she? Yeah. yeah she does, I stuff. think she
2: does BBC radio sometimes and she yeah. did did she do the ITV Euro. I think she did the Euros for ITV. Yeah. bit of a geezer,
4: um, isn't she?
3: She is, yeah. Yeah. yeah, um, she, she'd be brilliant again, though. She'd go way higher than National League or anything like that. Um, but the thing is,
2: though, do you, you say that she'd probably end up having to go lower just
3: to get a well, job? That's no, the, she that's... wouldn't because she's probably getting paid more at Chelsea women. She's just, just well, yeah, stay where she is. yeah, yeah, just stay where she is. Um, there's a uh, Ian, you might know, she was Arsenal captain for forever. Um, Kelly Scottish, Smith, no, Scottish lady. She has managed Don't men's know, team in Scotland. Arsenal Ladies, Scotland. Kim Little, Shelly Kerr. Okay, Shelley Kerr. Um, she managed. She has managed in Scotland in the system somewhere. She was Arsenal right. captain for a long, long time. I think she's. She, yeah, I think.
2: I mean perhaps
3: what would be better is,
2: you know, the women's football pyramid gets up to the, you know, the same level as the men's pyramid and it works like that. I mean, I think when you look at what the the women doing at the top level and how, you know, good, actual good they are at football, you know, I think comes a time where it's just, I I don't know what I'm trying to say here. That, you know there's as much credit as being a manager for you know Yeovil Town Ladies in the National League for the women's <laughs> in in a women's football pyramid yeah. um you know but, but, but i the- i don't i i would like there to not be that separation i think yeah. obviously for you know for various reasons there aren't but i think imagine one day that you have a men and women's combined team playing against each other type thing, you know? <laughs> mm.
3: I, think, I, th- I think it's a possibility as well, because I think what will happen is, I have no idea how many um, jobs have been applied for by, by any of the female managers. But if one of them was to come out and say, I applied for this big Premier League job and I had a great experience, blah, 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 then suddenly it would become a conversation piece. Like, I'm not sure if Emma Hayes has had interviews. Or what will happen is the next time Chelsea lose their manager, they ask Emma Hayes to do the interim manager job and everyone will go, oh, wow. (laughs) And it will suddenly be a thing. And actually they'll probably do a fantastic job because they're clearly good enough. So that's something I'd like to see where they go from within and they move people around and, or they become a coach underneath. So she goes and works for the Chelsea manager. And then when it's time for that Chelsea manager to move on, she just looks after it until they've appointed a new one, whether it's her or anyone else. That's the next step, isn't it?
4: Well, Chelsea lost 3-0 with Brighton and Sadie, not they? So yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe she should yeah. give her a chance. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And yes, Serena Wiegmann should be in the conversation post gareth Southgate. Definitely.
2: Gareth yeah, Southgate's going to win us the World Cup.
3: And then quit. And Serena Viegman's going to take over <laughs> and win us the Euros. Yes. There you go.
2: <laughs> yeah. I think she'd be better off st- sticking with it. Yeah, won yeah. yeah, it there, not
4: she? <laughs> yeah, probably.
2: Gareth Southgate didn't even want it, did he? He just, <laughs> no one else did, so he just got lumbered with it. Oh, go on then. You know, he's done all right. Yeah. Not bad, Although people think not. Good um, question, Debs. Uh, James Drew, will have drawn or lost yet another game. What meal and drink would cheer you up?
4: I tell you what meal I had after um, Saturday. I got to uh, London, Euston station <clears throat> and, and, and I was looking around for my train, which was, which was late by the way. Um, and I bought myself a West Cornwall company pasty. Yeah. And then I went into the WH Smiths and I thought I'm going to get myself something else. So I got myself two, yes, two bags of crisps. Can you guess <laughs> what they are?
3: You went for. Um, you went, you went, cheese Mc- and onion McCoy's. Yeah, I was gonna go McCoy's. I wasn't sure on the flavor and possibly you yeah, filet good steak. I'm going with
4: you. Think I got two packages of the same crisp?
3: No, no, no. So I think you got um, one of them, and I think you went, I think you went posh. I think you went pop chips.
4: Oh, wow. Okay. What do you think, Ian?
2: Uh, cheese and onion McCoy's and a bag of
4: ready salted to level out the, the taste. You see, you, uh, I think you've both got me pretty dull there, haven't you? I think. Yeah, yeah. So, no. What was it going I going for? I, I went for um, cool original Doritos. Yeah. And flaming hot monster munch. No. <laughs> oh, yes, I did. Tipped yeah, them yeah. into
2: one bag, shook them up. <laughs> exactly.
4: Yeah. Whoa. The person hey, sat sensations. next to me, hated me. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere, somewhere, they're messaging their friends saying, like next to me stinks of crisps. And that
2: was when he pulled out the jar of pickled eggs.
4: Yeah,
1: exactly.
4: <laughs> yeah, so that was my meal to, uh, well, yeah, kind, of, kind of being forced into What
3: room. drink did you have? Just a bottle of water. Oh, 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 so yeah, God. we're the dull ones. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> those are strong those are strong crisps I think we suggested yeah. as well, for them yeah. just to be thrown as a... Yeah. I don't know. Pop what? chips, I'm, I'm, dull.
4: That? a packet of ready salted crisps and After cheese and onion, and onion McCoy's. McCoy's. I'm not sure yeah, cheese ben. and onion McCoy's are particularly strong, are they? <laughs> Special.
3: I have flame grilled steak. Anything not McCoy's
4: is. Yeah.
2: Anything McCoy's is. Okay. No, they're the real McCoy's. Um, all right, Ben, what's your meal and drink?
3: So I got home from Oldham, felt really sad, a bit mad, quite angry. And I ordered my body weight in Chinese food and had some summer comfort and coke
2: nice um, probably a Thatcher's and a burger like a proper burger with some you know something a you your top. burger from
3: loaders loaders what's a loaders that's a butcher isn't it it's a butcher in Yeovil oh, so are you making the burger or are you just ordering it ready made I'd
2: happily make it i love a, oh, a, a proper effort, a,
3: a, steak, a proper steak
2: burger yeah but you are got to make the thing mate we don't all live in a city
3: <laughs> I just that just it feels like a lot of work to me. Well, it is a lot of work, but it's worth it. The burgers are top draw, top draw sponsorship
2: packages uh, like are go available.
1: And
2: a, <laughs> go and have a chat over the counter with one of them who's a Yobeltown
3: fan, which is always good. Does he listen? I don't think he does. No, well, next time tell him that he's just got a whole load of ad space and he owes, <laughs> he owes us some cash. <laughs>
0: or burgers. Free burgers. Or burgers. <laughs> yeah.
3: At this point I'm not fussed
2: either. Or. Uh yeah, and for drink, yeah, Thatcher's. Any variety of Thatchers. Sponsorship also available if you're listening. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think any of them will be listening though. Um Stony asks, Did you get my pressing question about the hot cake straight out of the oven? Or would you have a hot or cold custard?
4: Stoney told us off because he said, I think one of his questions was, do you think the hashtag is the best way to ask questions?' Because <laughs> yeah. you've missed a few. So I apologise to him. <laughs> yeah, in there was the, a lot uh, going
3: on last week.
4: Yeah, there was a lot.
3: Going we had on. a lot going on. We had multiple people. We had Chris Wheel on. I'm not asking him about cakes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's I like that question. Anyway, um, so I guess, and um, what was the original question? I don't know. Is it, Hot cake straight think- in the oven. Would you have hot or cold custard? Is that with it or on top of it? Or it depends on the type of cake,
3: surely. Uh, I'm I think gonna gonna scroll
2: custard back. I've custard with any kind of cake. Scroll back through this hashtag because the hashtag is probably the best way to do it. Um- <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, I don't. I don't agree with cold custard. Um. No, uh, cold custard is
3: wrong. wrong.
4: Yeah. yeah. So, um, hot custard always. hot Custard
2: always, always hot custard. There we go. Okay. Uh, Andy Cleve, Clevo, Clevo. Did you see? Cle- <laughs> did you see Clevo yesterday? Was he there? Oh, I saw
4: Clevo. Yeah, uh, he walked straight past me in the um at uh, at Maidstone. He, he he just he just blanked me. So uh, yeah, definitely definitely saw you then. Yeah, he did Yeah, <laughs> saw me having my chicken.
2: <laughs> yeah.
4: Uh, should referees I mean, hang be accountable on, whoa, hang on, for their hang on, decision? I've, whoa, hang on, I want I want to know what Dave was eating. I add a chicken burger and chips and a a beer. Yeah. Did it taste like Brexit? Beer and a burger. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) This is Maidstone, mate. It's like everything. Everything tastes like Brexit around there.
2: What beer did you have? And would Hugh be deeply disappointed with what? Yeah,
4: yeah. But Hugh would be completely unsurprised, but deeply disappointed in my uh, cause. Yeah. (laughs) Three pints of cause and and a chicken burger and chips. That's what I had before I went in.
2: Blimey, no wonder your corneas were smouldering.
4: Yeah,
3: exactly. Find some cores. Jeez. Yeah.
2: Core. Yeah. <laughs> cool. yeah. Uh, okay. Clevo, should referees be accountable for their decisions like
3: managers and front-up post-match to explain them? No. Not at Why? this level. Not at this level. Because they're, they're at this level because they're rubbish. Yeah. And they're at this level because they're learning. Um, and it won't make a damn bit of difference. Because if he had come out after the game and been asked by Matt Macciano of the BBC, um, why'd you have a penalty Because I thought it was a penalty. Cheers, mate. Thanks for coming. It would be <laughs> completely pointless. It would have just... I, I, at the top level, where there is multi-bazillion pounds on the line and decisions can be checked and rechecked and gone over a billion times. Do you know what? Yeah, fine. What I would like to see is where a mistake has been made in the same way, we get monthly, um, like FA charges on the website. I can check to see who's been naughty and who's done bad things and who's been charged. I'd like to see an official corrections list where we accept that this was not right. This fixture, this referee decision was correction should have been, but I'm not. I'm not going to start hanging this dude out to dry. Like I say, just look at his fixtures this year. He's given out loads of cards, loads of iffy decisions. He's at this level because he's rubbish and wants to get better. You're um, not going to hang him out to dry, though. No, apart from apart from <laughs> you know, on the washing line. Um, so pointless at this level, but there should be some sort of retrospective thing. I but think, according, Ma-
4: according to the two of you, the highlights package of Mason United is uh, just like VAR. It's so obvious that you can see an offside.
3: <laughs> I've got Sharpie on my uh, Sharpie marks on my screen for having drawing lines. <laughs> Yeah, Ben got the
2: ruler out and just, yeah. Um, maybe Christy. I've been watching a bit too much Game of Thrones, but I think just head on a stick if they get it wrong. Oh, oh Christ. <laughs>
4: and a gibbet. A gibbet. <laughs> that's what they call it.
2: That oh, was it.
4: <laughs> e on a gibbet. Flippity gibbet. No, the flippity gibbet. now.
2: Oh, dear. Okay. Um, Chris Sweet has two questions. God, oh my. Uh, number one Am I is? too late? The answer is no you're well, no, not too late, Chris. Depends what your time we were scheduled for. Uh, it was an hour ago, more than an hour ago. Um, when will football stop the clock at fouls, etc. Saying ninety seventh minute penalty, it's just misleading. It happened during the game, therefore during ninety minutes. Ninety seventh minute suggests the ref can't tell the time and the manufacturers rage, grumpy of crew can.
3: Someone's watched the game of rugby. Is that, what is, that what you, is that your answer to that question? I, 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 my question, I come back with the question. How oh. did he get six minutes out of it? Because everyone was flabbergasted that he found six minutes of added on yeah. time. And well, actually, There
4: were a few moments of, of, of people being down for quite a period, but not, not six minutes.
3: Because if you actually go on ball in play time at the very top level, you're playing about an hour. You're losing whole chunks of games. You'll be out there for days. That's why the clock doesn't stop. you would be out there forever. So that's why. I I think,
2: and maybe Chris can clarify, I think what he's suggesting is that when you describe that the penalty is the 97th minute penalty, instead it's not a 97th minute penalty, it's a penalty in stoppage time in the 90th minute
3: rather than... 90 plus seven yeah should we just go with 90 plus right. or just don't give us our opposition penalty yeah i think i i think you just need to get over it chris i think <laughs>
4: wherever it is i think there's bigger things in life don't don't let's not sweat the small stuff eh? right ah, more fo- more food questions please there we go okay <laughs> absolutely
3: few me if well, to this, is, this is this is the
2: big thing. This is the big question that will make people sweat. Uh, how many adult chickens would it take to kill an elephant? That's from uh, Ben Barrett. Oh, uh,
4: adult elephants to kill an adult, uh, adult elephant as well. Or...
3: Uh, yeah, yeah, let's go. Yeah, adult to adult.
4: <clears throat> adult, I'm getting, to adult.
3: Not getting juveniles involved here. Okay, All
4: right. you don't, you don't believe in uh, uh, in, yeah. in, in juvenile chicken uh, uh, elephant fighting. Um. I mean, you got—you got to be talking hundreds, haven't you? I, I mean, oh. I don't even—well, I don't even think chickens would take on an elephant, would they? Not naturally.
3: This, this is not—this is not a should they. This is how many. <laughs> okay. I—I uh, I, I think that I—I I've, I've thought about this a few times since I've asked it, and I genuinely think the number is silly high.
4: Yeah, uh, you need hundreds.
3: Oh you no, I'm talking hundreds. tens of thousands. Tens of thousands of chickens. Tens of thousands of chickens. One uh, swipe of a of a of a trunk and you're, you're losing hundreds at a time uh, <laughs> and the, the, the big elephant, is elephant bigger than a chicken <laughs> yeah, yeah i know but a hundred an elephant's uh, trunk wiping out uh, a hundred i'd also say that you need you need some sort of organization you need a good chicken leader um, you've been
4: watching because, chicken run is this where uh, is? The, the kernel? um
2: have you seen I, those chickens that look like they're on steroids you need a few of them in my the 10,000.
4: Yeah. I met I think... a sheep that looked like it was on steroids once. It was like a proper hen sheep. <laughs> Had a really deep bleat as well. Yeah. It's true. True, I did.
2: Oh, man. It,
4: it, no, it, was, it was stood in the middle of the path that I was walking Motorway. down. Motorway. Yeah, no. It just looked at me and went, bah. <laughs> like that. And I was like, I'm, honestly, are you you stay on the path, mate. It's like, yeah. There. there
3: we go amazing I so, think yes, last, I'm going tens of
2: thousands last week okay I agree okay last week Colin commented that he enjoyed Friday's episode because it didn't go down any cul-de-sacs
4: <laughs> this one's gone.
3: Yeah. I think not that cold. might have been a uh... I will say this if you had an elephant down a cul-de-sac you've got a far better chance of beating it <laughs>
4: that's, that's
3: true where yeah. To go. yeah so and it might re- might reduce the number of chickens that you need
4: yeah how many okay. chickens yeah
3: <laughs> Sorry, Colin. I am really genuinely
2: sorry. <laughs> um, right. Shall we say thank you and goodbye and pass over to the next fans five? Because we can, we, we ran out of time on Friday's episode, so I' attack going to tack it on to the end of the day. So we say, you, say your goodbyes, folks.
1: Goodbye.
2: goodbye. And now is former Glover's Cast quiz champion Rob Manley giving us his fans five. OK, so joining me on the Fans 5 is former Glover's Cast quiz champion Rob Manley. Rob, welcome back.
0: Hello, Ian. How you doing, mate?
2: Yeah, all good, mate. All good. Are you ready to answer your questions? You've been putting a bit of thought into these?
0: I have, yeah. I, I, listening to Foxy and um, and Ian the other the other weeks, so they've come up with some good ones, so I, I did give it some thought today. And, um, yeah, I've got a list of about 10 players that I've got for favourite players, so I'm going to try and cut that down in the next two minutes.
2: <laughs> OK, let's go. Your first game watching Yeovil Town?
0: First game. Um, well, I've got I've got vivid memories of watching um, an FA Cup third round match at the Old Hewish um, against QPR. I think that was in yeah, I think it was '88. Um, I remember it. It was a cold day. I remember going with dad. I must have been five six um, years old, and I just have a, a real vivid memory of sitting on the old sort of wooden steps. They didn't have. Didn't have seats, I can remember, in, in one of the stands we were in. It was just like big sort of wooden steps. And I remember sitting on that, and um, I think they got beat that day. Um, but that was an old memory. I think the first game that I can remember properly was the Oval 2, Fulham 1, again, FA Cup. Um, first round tie in 1993. Um, that famous one where Andy Wallace scored on Sky Sports in like literally the last kick of the game, um, which was awesome. It was like my first proper memory of like a good... Sell out, big old crowd at Hewish Park. It was it was unbelievable. It was a hell of a game. And I think we went and lost to Bromsgrove Rovers in the next round, which was not <laughs> ideal.
2: <laughs> ah, nice. And what is the best game that you've watched?
0: Uh, best game. Again, the the um, the fellows before both talked about that Knotts Forest semi final and um, playoff game, but I'm going to go for another. That, semi-final playoff game and I'm going to go um, the Sheffield United home match I think that was that was unbelievable that was such a great day like just everything about it I remember it the Ed Upson day um, the occasion like the atmosphere before the game we'd managed to get um, one of my mates along who didn't really go and watch much of the Oval over time my friend Sean came and watched um, and he had a, it was great having like a, like not a massive Joval fan in there with us because he absolutely just absorbed it for the whole day and he loved it. And obviously the whole thing was great. Like that first goal from Dawson um, must have been what? That was pretty early. It was in like the first 10 minutes, wasn't it? Yeah. He just got in behind and finished it, which was ace. And then you just knew they were going to score again. You knew it was just a matter of time. And obviously then. Popping up at the end and ups and scoring the header was, was right in front of us because we were stood literally just to the right of the goal. We saw it right onto his head, right into the top corner. Saw him sort of wheel away for his celebration. It was brilliant. Um, and then getting on the pitch at the end and just enjoying it. It was by far the best game that I've 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 been to watching Yovo. I loved it.
2: And uh, your favourite memory?
0: Favorite memory? Yeah, is that up there with uh, it? <laughs> it's well, that was awesome. But I think. I don't think you can look past from my perspective I don't think you can look past the, the playoff win against Brentford I mean that was a, it was an odd one because I missed I missed the Paddy Madden goal so we were we were in in the stadium and just as kickoff, just literally just that kickoff, there was a guy that was coming down the concourse and he felt he'd fallen down the steps and banged his head and because I was sat a couple of seats in from the from the steps, I got out and a couple of other Yeovil fans in the in that end got out and we were sort of looking after this fellow while um, stewards were running around and getting some medical staff and whatnot. And I had my back to goal, holding this guy's head. And um, I was sort of trying to explain to him as I was looking over my shoulder what was going on on the pitch. Um, and literally within about six minutes, seven minutes, whatever it was, I just heard this almighty scream. And um, everybody was sort of jumping up and down, and I was trying to look over my shoulder. And then my, the, the lads I was with were like, "Madden, Madden's put one in the top bins." <laughs> and um, I was trying to tell this guy on the on the floor what had happened, and he was smiling. And luckily, we managed to get him off, and he went off out the out the ground. But um, that that moment of being in that ground, then after that had happened, and being in there and seeing the whole thing, and and being there for the win and how they played, that's got to be the best moment, right? It can't you can't top like. You can't top that for a for a Yeovil Town moment. I don't think winning that game, getting into the champ, and knowing what we had to look forward to next season after that it was unbelievable.
2: Certainly the pinnacle so far, isn't it? That that.
0: Well, just think how far away it is now as well. It's a blimey nightmare, but yeah, unbelievable. I'm sure we'll be there again one day.
2: One day, one day. And you you said you couldn't decide between your favourite players, but uh, you you got to try your your favourite player you've seen in green and white.
0: Um. favorite player there's so many like I'm I'm trying to think back to when I was growing up watching them and I really liked watching um my favorite player when I was a kid was like Mark Shale um he was like proper center-half cracking player and then as you got a bit older Warren Patmore brilliant um just scored so many goals and then even like going and watching it now with my boy like last season, I mean, we've spoke about him loads, but Dan Moss, like if he kept on playing, I know he was only there for 10, 15 games, but what a player he was. Um, but I think, I think my favorite player of all time and not wanting to, not wanting to use the, the, the sort of cliche Terry and one. Um, I really liked Jamie McAllister. I thought he was exactly what we needed at that time in terms of the standards he set, the leadership he showed. He was a, he was a bit nasty. He was just a winner. And, um, he wasn't the best footballer for us, I don't think. But in that team, he was probably one of the most important players. Um, so I reckon he would be my my favourite YTFC player just because the captain he was, the leader he was and and what he meant at that time for the team. Nice.
2: That's a good one. Uh, and what does Town mean
0: to you? What does it mean to me? Well, I tell you what. Listening to um, listening to, to Ben talk about it on the commentary on on Saturday, that's probably what it means to me, and probably what it means to a lot of us as well. Like it can it can spoil your weekend or it can make your weekend depending on what happens on a Saturday afternoon. Um, and I think Ben summed it up perfectly as to sort of what it means for most of us. I think from a from a personal point of view, I mean, I've always been involved in Saturday football on a Saturday, whether it's playing or watching. Um, so for me. I love going up there. I take my boy, Luca, he comes and watches. We go with my dad. Um, my partner, his dad is, is in the remembrance garden. So we always go around and have a chat with him before the game, just to touch the cross. You know, it's a, it's a family event and, and we love doing it. And even though it's not ideal at the minute, we'll, we'll still keep going um, to, to hope with the hope and the, the anticipation that it will change. And we get to see a win and a worldie and a, a couple of great goals or something. Um, and hopefully, you know, we can give some memories back to like my lad and other, and other, other, supporters lads, and, and give them the sort of the hope that they can see some good stuff as it gets old, as they get older. Because um, all we can tell them is the memories and show them the videos on YouTube. And when I show it to my boy Luca, he gets so jealous when he can see the fans cheering and the winning and stuff. So I think for me, yeah, it's all about just that family side, the enjoyment. Uh, it's just, it's just habit. We do it out of habit and out of love.
2: Brilliant words thanks very much for there we go. taking part of the fans five rob
0: no worries thanks ian thanks for having me and hopefully we can get that quiz on again soon yeah
2: <laughs> i'll tell dave
0: and with a quick turn the skipper alex docks slams it in
2: there's lindergaard making for back pedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris, he's found by the deflection, it's Aaron Davis.
3: he could win it, he probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's
0: an opening goal, what a start,
3: Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead.
0: Stansfield, good turn away from Trott, goal!